0: Hi, this is Jeff Berwick, the chief editor of The Dollar Vigilante, and you're listening to Dream Chasers, Interviews with the Future.
1: And look yourself in the mirror and be like, is this really what I want to be in five years, 10 years? Because if it's not, nothing's gonna change. People are like, oh, I want to be here in five years, I want to be a millionaire, I want to be successful, I want to be a stud, I want to have a six-pack, but like, you can say that all you want, but until you put yourself in an environment to change, nothing's gonna
0: change. This is Dream Chasers, episode 81, with Nicholas Huey. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell and welcome to Dream Chasers, Interviews with the Future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell and today I'm joined by Nicholas Huey. Nick is the host of Dream Chasers. Yes, he is the host of Dream Chasers, another podcast called Dream Chasers. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M, though, so a little bit different than me, but it's definitely how one of the things that first brought us together. He's originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, currently goes to the University of South Alabama, and that's also where he currently resides. I also do want to just throw this out there for everyone listening. It's the first time I've ever done an interview not in front of my main microphone. I'm out and about today. And Nick is also out and about as well. We'll talk a little bit more about where exactly we are later in the interview. What an introduction. Nicholas Huey, the microphone is yours. How are you feeling today? Good, man. I appreciate you having me on, Adam. Definitely uh, was a sight to see you, and I found out that I wasn't the only dream chaser out there. So
1: definitely made my day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. i got to say thank you. I think it was uh, Ellis Hammond that brought us together, and uh, Ellis has been a dream chaser as well. And I really like what you're doing there with your project in regards to getting exposure for guys who are still in college, still in university, which now that leads perfectly to where I'm actually sitting today. I'm at a little bar, I guess you could say, on the college campus of Memorial University here in St. John's, Newfoundland. My friend is um, a bartender, so I'm keeping her company today while I'm doing some work as well. And uh, yeah, so we've got like the college vibes flowing through the airwaves right now. Heck yeah, man, for sure. So, speaking, speaking of college, speaking of university, tell us a little bit about, well, I guess just your background, tell us about Dream Chasers, uh, what year are you in, just, you know, all of that, all that good stuff.
1: For sure. Yeah, so I'm originally from Pittsburgh. I started out at Penn State. Partied a little too much up there, so I decided to take some time off to work in construction. Uh, working 80, 100-hour weeks, I realized that college was for me. And so, from there, I decided to throw some darts to the map. One of them landed in Alabama. Never been here a day in my life, next thing you know. Four years four years ago, well, about a month ago, I moved down to uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I started looking at schools, ended up coming to South, and now I'm studying finance, I'm a senior, and looking to go on and be an Army officer, and also continue on to law school eventually. So, that's the school side of things, and then DreamShakes is really the passion project of mine I've been working on for the last year, had the idea for the last four years. I'm um, a little bit by myself, but i own since I was 14, went through the foster care system, and... There was a lot of ups and downs throughout my childhood, and it came point in my life, you know, I had to switch that victim mentality off and actually do something with my life instead of just, you know, weeping and kind of sitting back in the corner. And so from there, I decided, you know, let's go to school, let's, you know, hustle and always be the hardest working one in the room. And so about three years ago, I was sitting out front of the library, life was in the slump financially, it was almost for a period of time right before that, and then I got a job and I was kicking ass. And so I really thought, how did I do this? There's so many things that could have happened, but this happened, and I'm back on my feet, and it's because I put one foot in front of the other, but what else was it? And I was like, the people there, the people that pushed me, whether the friends, the teachers, the professors, or the books I read, the TED Talks I listened to, and so I was like, how can I bring all these people together and start a movement to help push people like me, to push people that have maybe in a rut in their life and not be able to see a way out, but we can be there for them and push them along the way so they can follow their dreams. And so that's what, you know, it all came about now, we're about a year in with 10 members across five states, working on becoming an actual official nonprofit in the next six months. And so Hustle, Hustle, Grind, we have a podcast, as you mentioned, where we bring people like yourself on and other amazing people from walks of life to share their story
0: with our members, but hopefully that their story could impact one of our guys to help accomplish and achieve their dreams. I love it. And uh, yes, speaking of really just your podcast, actually, you know what, Nick, I almost forgot. We are now going to step into the next level chamber. When? Heck yeah, let's get it. All right, when did you realize this was something you, Dream Chasers, was something that you wanted to take to the next level? Sure,
1: and so it was two summers ago, right before I moved out to California, I was sitting up in a coffee shop actually, Uh, Up in Pittsburgh, I was about to drive out probably about a week out to Cali, and I was like, I've had this idea, but it's time to turn this idea into a reality. So I started going to the cop shop, six hours, eight hours a day, about five days straight, started a website, created an email list, created a list of people, a mission, a purpose, and I sent out probably about 25 invites. And the sad reality is that about five people hit me back up, like, hey, what is this? Three of those eventually became members. and um, So, yeah, man, it was really just a point in my life where, you know, I had to become my own dream chaser before I shared the vision with anyone else because I really didn't know what it meant to be a dream
0: chaser. But um, mm-hmm. it just came to a point where I was like, "Yeah, this is it. Let's do it." Awesome, and that's one thing I really like about you that I've observed so far is you know you're from Pittsburgh, but lived and traveled to and been to so many different environments already at a young age. Um, and it seems like with even within the past four years, uh, you're at University of Southern Alabama now. You mentioned about your trip to California. I know over the summer. We almost connected. We were both in Vegas at the same time, but you were actually living there. So you're really someone, in my opinion, who seems like they're not afraid to just take a stab at something and see what happens. And I should also even say I was really impressed. I think you said when you first moved to Vegas, you were like sleeping on a friend's couch to like, you know, make ends meet. So anyone who's willing or able to do kind of like crazy things like that really, to me, is a sign that, you know, you've got some pretty cool life experiences around the corner for you. I appreciate it. I mean, yeah, and a big fun fact,
1: too, is uh, probably about a week before I was supposed to go out there, some financial stuff came up, and I ended up having 10 bucks in my pocket while I was driving out to Vegas. And I was literally like 48 hours before I went out, I was like, I don't think I can do this. But I looked at my wallet, I looked myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I'm doing this. And so I went out there, like you said, I was sleeping on the buddy's couch, and within
0: 48 hours, applied to 50 places for a job, and got a job, and started the grind. I love it. I love it. So... Correct me if I'm wrong. You're probably, what, 22, 23 years old, the oldest. You've got a lot of people, I think, that are in your age group that, for me, I would say, man, it would be great if they had that go-getter mentality that I could see in you. What kind of advice are you – I mean, are you, how are you able to influence your peers, and what advice would you give to someone who is looking to make a big move in their life, maybe geographically, in regards to what you've learned from what you've done? For sure. And So it's one of those things It's like –
1: no, tomorrow's never promised. And I think that's one thing that I realized at a young age, and I feel like the people that I've studied, like Nelson Mandela, Tony Robbins, Ellen, Oprah, all these people that we look up to on a daily basis to impact so many people, well, a lot of people don't see it as their story. And so I think it really came to a point in my life when I was at the bottom, like zero, nothing, down and out, depressed, like no, know if it was going to be a tomorrow, didn't even know if I wanted it tomorrow. And so my advice is in just embrace the hell out of life, man, just be grateful of who you are, where you are, And look yourself in the mirror and be like, is this really what I want to be in five years, ten years? Because if it's not, nothing's going to change. People are like, oh, I want to be here in five years. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be successful. I want to be a stud. I want to have a six-pack. But, like, you can say that all you want. But until you put yourself in an environment to change, nothing's going to change. And so once I realized that, it was really just, like, putting myself in uncomfortable situations. And then I was forced to try new things. Whether it be traveling across the states, sleeping on somebody's couch and getting a new job. Like like today, I'm literally hiking 34 miles, just to say I can. And so just really just
0: constantly trying to put myself in environments and around people that are going to challenge me to be different. Absolutely. And so are we catching you during this hike? Did you already begin it? Is that, is that what we're doing right now? Yeah, I'm actually about seven miles in right now. And we've uh, <laughs> got a little, little miles to go, but walking and talking. You're, uh, you're David Goggins Jr., huh? What was that, sorry? I said you're David Goggins Jr., huh? Uh truth, man. I read his book, and I got to
1: say that the man made me want to smash my head through a wall. I definitely yeah. got to say that the, that's the goal, man, is really just eat that cake every day, and no matter what, get off the couch and do something.
0: Yeah, I love it. And, um, and I think maybe we didn't get to mention it. I, I know I mentioned I'm in a, in a little bit of a different environment right now, and so you're on this hike. You said you kind of just woke up, and you decided you want to do it. What was the inspiration behind it? You know, where is the trail or, or whatever it is that you're on right now?
1: Yeah, so... Uh, Fun fact: I've wanted to do this for a while, but I always put it off. And we actually had a a guest speaker on the call Wednesday, and he was talking about how he just loves to go hiking. And I'm like, I can go hiking. So I'm like, I wanted to go hiking and do this thing for a while. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then um, the earlier last week, I had some uh, pretty much broke up my girlfriend, which is, it was an interesting mix. It really just helped me see perspective differently because you know when all that happened, it was kind of like a change and switch in pace. And I was like, hey, I need to switch things up. Like I need to do something I've never done before i never thought it was possible and i'm like literally went to bed at like three o'clock this morning woke up at five i had pt for the army came back took a nap woke
0: up put my boots on put a pack on and i'm like hey let's do it i love it so some of it is uh maybe a little a little bit of preparation for the life you're going to be living once you finish school i know you mentioned the army a few times now do you think that's uh, a direction you want to go with your life for the long term? Or is it something you're doing simply for the experience and service? Because I know you mentioned getting into law as well. What's your, uh, really, what's your main focus there after school? Yeah, for sure. So right now I'm on track to uh, commission as an Army officer. I'm looking at either
1: intelligence or infantry. And so the military has always been a passion of mine. It's something, you know, I believe that, you know, everyone in the country should do, serve their country in some way or fashion. And so this is my way of giving back, and also a good way for me to become the best person I could be as a leader. Because I remember my freshman year in college, ROTC. I thought I knew everything. I was a stubborn guy, and like I've been a leader since I was in whoosh, since I was six years old. I was getting kids in trouble because they were doing the dumb things I was doing. And so, really, just trying to hone on my skills and be, you know, selfless and learn what it means to lead from the front, but also lead from the back. And I think that's what has taught me and the skills that I've learned so far is priceless. So I can only imagine within the next four, or six years in service. Uh, which is my commitment, where I'll be. But uh, you don't know. I don't. It's one of those things that like I'm gonna let it take its course. If I do four years, I do four years. If I do more, I do more. But you know, my envisioned goal is to come back, go to law school, and eventually, you know, work in advocacy for youth and you know, help change a generation. That's the whole concept of dream Chasers
0: is really trying to be the best I can be so I can help other people do the same thing. Absolutely, love the mindset there. Tenacious and uh, and, and willing to serve. So that's, that's a really two really good qualities to have. Nick, so you've had you've had uh, so many life experiences really at such a young age from what it sounds like. So, uh, I mean, can you give an example of something you wish you would have done differently looking back? For sure. I don't. Know, I don't want to be that cliche guy and say I don't regret anything,
1: but um, mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I really don't. But if there's you know, there's one thing that I could change. I don't know. I think I would. I wish I would have learned all that I know now a lot earlier in life. Uh, but I, you know, it comes back to not regretting anything because, you know, me messing up at Penn State, you know, me going through foster care, like me leaving my home and like me being homeless for a while, like it really gave me that determination, that drive, to want to be better than myself. And so, I don't I think it all adds up, but if I could change one thing, uh, I think I would ask more questions. You know, I think that's a big thing that I didn't realize until the last couple of years that like, if I'm inspired by someone, whether that be a professor or a potential mentor, or even a successful person in life, like nowadays, I'll hit up a CEO of a company and hop on a phone call. And the worst case scenario, they tell me to know and they tell me to screw off. But best case scenario, which happens more often than not, they're really eager to hear why this 22-year-old kid be starting up a company, specifically a nonprofit wants to hear their story. And so they hop on the call and I learned. So I think that's the biggest thing I wish I would have done earlier in life is just don't be afraid to reach out and be
0: vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. Vulnerability is is key for growth. And you, you mentioned something there really intriguing to me that I, I don't think I ever caught or heard you share with me before. Uh, you, meant, you mentioned that you were raised, or at least for a portion of your life, in foster care. Yeah, so, so what, that was a journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, never knew my mom.
1: Jesse uh, left me at the hospital at birth, and so my pops can't pick me up. Single father. I have seven brothers and sisters, so I was the last one in the bunch. And
0: you know I never really knew any of them, so my father raised
1: me. Working man, working class man you know, worked 80, 90 hour weeks, single business owner uh, to put food in the table. So it was a very, you know, rough childhood. I made, pretty much raised myself from the majority of it. And um, I don't know, when I got older, you know, around 12 to 14, my father was, you know, old school. I just wasn't having it. You know, I grew up in the sticks of uh, Pennsylvania with, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, really far, far minded into where I wanted to be in life. And so that caused a lot of conflict. But, you know, without bashing my old man, I mean, he did everything he could. But but to say the point where it just wasn't best for me to be at home. So I went into foster care system at 14. And I got to say that was a journey in itself. Um, If you look at the numbers, it's just not a lot of people make it out. And a lot of people that do make it out contribute to the incarceration rate, the homeless rate, I mean, drug addiction, all these amazing, I mean, all these terrible things. um, But these amazing statistics that I started looking into because, I don't know, I just didn't want to be another one of them, you know, another statistic. And I wanted to be someone to be able to be a voice for the people that don't have a voice. And so, I know it was definitely a journey. I went to seven, seven high schools before senior year. Bounced around multiple, multiple foster homes. Um, I don't know, man. It wasn't always easy, but I gotta say it was the journey. And uh, in a moment,
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to relive it, but it definitely made me who I am today. Yeah, that's incredible, and that's such a great way. We're getting near the end here, so such a powerful way to end it. Uh, very inspiring to me, and really to, to anyone out there. The situation that sounds like you had to grow up in. Certainly, much more different than mine. You know, I, I definitely grew up in what I would mostly consider like an ideal mother father family environment. So to see what you've been able to accomplish already so far, man, is uh, it's exci- it's going to be exciting to keep an eye on you here moving forward. Um, to to close this out, Nick, I got three fun questions for you. Uh, the first one is: What is your favorite thing about favorite aspect of going to Southern? Alabama, or I keep calling it Southern South Alabama University. Uh, second question is, what is your favorite type of sandwich? And third question is, who has, who is your favorite guest on on your show, Green Change been so far? For sure, yeah. So the first one,
1: Alabama is definitely different. Um, I never even really heard about Al- Alabama so I moved here, besides Forrest Gump. And so <laughs> it was definitely a change in pace. But I have to say, my favorite thing about the South is, uh, you know, the sweet tea, the the low, subtle mentality that a lot of people have is staying back in the launcher. Hey, man, everything's going to be all right. Subtle, ha- subtle hospitality is definitely a thing. And so I think my favorite food down here, my favorite sandwich, my favorite food sandwich down here is uh, brisket, man. Barbecue, unparalleled than anything I've ever had in the States. So I say that's definitely a dub. And then um, in reference to my favorite guest speaker we've had on so far that was most influential, well, I'd have to say Sean Eicherman. <laughs> And um, okay. the guy's a stud. His father was Mr. Olympia uh, back in the day. And she trained with Arnold. And um, he was actually, uh, you've heard of George of the Jungle?
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, his father was, I mean, George of the Jungle was based after his father, which is kind of funny. Uh, but, yeah, Sean was just an amazing dude with an amazing mindset. He traveled across the world as a musician. And uh, now he's working on a project called The Castle, which he's trying to do is build a $5 million castle, bring people together through music and uh, just entertainment. So, I it was a really interesting mindset because he challenged me constantly to kind of put myself in a different perspective, and he's always been there when I needed him, even to this day since he
0: was one of our second podcasts with, uh guests, so that's definitely an interesting one to date. Yeah, that's, wow. I, I'm, I'm going to go check that castle out now that you mentioned it. I had no idea about that, but it sounds pretty uh, interesting. Most definitely. Did I hear that right? Is it was, it's a castle that you said he's building? Yeah, it's called the Castle Project, and it's it's, it's pretty dope. He's uh working on it right now. He's working on. He got the
1: the plan, the maps out of it He's working on some more funding. Uh, but the first one's going to be in Vegas, and then the second one's going to be in Australia, and he's trying to put one in Canada too. So it's definitely an interesting passion
0: project to follow. Uh, you know, he's just one of those guys where you know he's been doing music for the last forty years, and he's looking for a change of pace. I love it. Well, Nick, um, thank you again for your time today. What is the single? If we had to pick one way, single best way for my listeners to follow up and get in touch with you. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram handle is Nick, N-I-K, the philosopher,
1: no pun intended. And then uh, <laughs> Dream Chasers, D-R-E-E-M, Chasers. Uh, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. We're also all our are on Podbean. And so we're definitely looking to grow and expand within the next you know,
0: few months. So keep a lookout. And if you have any questions, reach out to me on LinkedIn or whatever. I'm always willing to talk and hop on a call with anybody who's interested. I love it. Thank you, uh, Nick, once again for coming on this Dream, Chaser. Dream Chasers. Any, uh, any closing remarks before we wrap it up? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm a 22 year old kid from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: Never in a million years. You know, I grew up in a trailer eating pork and beans. Never in a million years. So I think I'd be living in Vegas, you know, living in Southern California, shaking hands with millionaires, sipping on martinis, and uh, down in South Alabama about to graduate college and become an officer in the Army at Pursuit Law School. So, you know, I may not be able to see the vision just yet, but whoever's listening to this call, like listen to Adam, listen to what he has to say, follow the podcast, listen to the talks. Like, you know, one foot in front of the other, no matter what it takes, you'll be there. Just gotta believe. But thanks Adam for
0: having me on. I appreciate it. I look forward to following your journey as well. Amen. Thank you, Nick. You're awesome. We're definitely gonna keep in touch. So guys, thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Interviews with the Future. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.